0: into the net by Kylian Mbappé Oh Benyera, beautifully done Cornet finds Dembele The first touch is good, the second is deadly Neymar still Oh my word, what a goal Got lovely finish Oh yes, delivery, Gendouzi's header And the finish at the near post from Lucas Paqueta, outrageous goal from Gael Kakuta He's playing again And goal back,
1: Messi again This time maybe Messi's done it Hello and welcome along to Le Bourgeois, the official Ligue 1 Uber Eats podcast as Paris Saint-Germain return to winning ways against Bordeaux, but their underperforming superstars get booed by thousands of furious fans. Marseille are back up to second, but watch out for Rennes and Strasbourg who are also in the Champions League hunt following superb victories over Lyon and Monaco respectively. And in the week that we have a Kamaldine Suleimana Ren shirt to give away in our Deja Who competition, there'll be a focus on Ligue 1's African talent, of which, of course, there is a huge amount as we try to pick our best African eleven, Joining me uh, on the pod this morning to pick the bones in particular over Paris Saint-Germain's week, I have Robbie
2: Thompson. How are you, Robbie? I'm still recovering, Matt. Thank you very much. But I am here to... Uh... To, to, to get some stuff off my chest as well and, and, and discuss and try and, with the help of you guys, my dear friends and, and French football colleagues, try and understand as well. Because I think like most people that know football um, globally and know French football in particular and Paris Saint-Germain, it's, it's still every season hard to get your head around. Yeah, well, Robbie, our, our listeners have
1: been, uh, have been worried about you. We've had quite a few comments on, uh, on our Twitter um at League One podcast, people asking it, you know, if Robbie's gonna be okay, and even a suggestion that this um this podcast was gonna be an hour long coup de girl from Robbie. That was uh Nicholas Mamo who suggested that, but no, it an won't hour, be hour hour
2: Gueule. An hour long wouldn't be enough, Matt. With all the issues that her. I think need uh, need discussing.
1: <laughs> for for balance, insight and intelligence, we have um Angus Touraud with us, League commentator. How are you, Angus?
3: Yeah, clear of mind, clear of chest as well. No problems uh, coming off the back of a bonkers game yesterday between Wren and Leon. So looking forward to getting my teeth
1: into that one. Yeah, that was uh, an absolute cracker. Uh, we'll start, though, at the Parc des Prance. I was, um, I was there in this uh, wonderful stadium that was not completely full. We had some fans boycotting. We had fans uh, booing, of course. Um, you've probably heard about it. Neymar and Lionel Messi in particular were singled out for for booze by the PSG supporters this game coming four days after the Champions League elimination at the hands of Real Madrid let's listen to some commentary here's what happened between PSG and Bordeaux Neymar, Messi and Marquinhos Marquinhos has run away now will it be the Brazilian or the Argentine? it's Neymar and it's way over the top Ironic cheers from the Parc des Princes crowd. Danilo finds Paredes, former Inter midfielder, comes uh, back inside now to Messi. Good ball from Wijnaldum to (laughs) Mbappé! Killing Mbappé gets Paris Saint-Germain in front here against Bordeaux. No celebrations from Maurizio Pochettino, but uh, that will be some relief to the players out on the pitch after a difficult opening. After the booze from the fans, particularly towards Neymar and Messi. It's the golden boy Mbappe with his 15th league goal this season. Well played by Leo Messi. Neymar's in the middle, and Neymar has doubled PSG's lead. Well, the man who's been attracting booze for much of the game so far provides an element of response here. It is only Neymar's fifth league goal this season, but he loves playing against Bordeaux. He's got eight goals in seven games against Le Girondins now. The cross from Hakimi, inch perfect and the finish delightful as well. Messi instrumental in the build-up. PSG two goals to the good. PSG can come again here with Messi. Good ball for Paredes. Mbappe. Looking for Neymar, will he get there? No, Quatek, Messi, back in for Mbappe. They're queuing up here, Parades. It is the third goal for Paris Saint-Germain. Bordeaux <inaudible> were just about clinging on, just about staying in this contest, but this goal Surely puts it beyond David Guillaume's struggling team. So, Robbie Paris Saint-Germain, 3-0 victors, 15 points clear. Well done to Paris Saint-Germain. Let's get that out of the way. Um, (laughs) We have to be honest, it's not been a good week for Paris Saint-Germain. Not just the defeat in the Bernabeu, but the manner of the Champions League exit... I have to admit, I, I said a little bit in tongue-in-cheek last week that PSG would be two goals up at halftime and collapse in the second half. Um, sadly, I was right. We thought maybe they'd got that out of their system, having had good results in the last two seasons, reaching the final and reaching the semi-final um, last year. But uh, it was a real sort of uh, heart back to the, to the bad old days, wasn't it, in the Bernabeu? Robbie, I want to start by asking you if you understand the reaction of the of the supporters, obviously, you can understand them being bitterly disappointed and angry. But in particular, the the booing of certain players, um, including perhaps the greatest footballer ever.
2: Uh, yes. Okay. So many already. So many issues in. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. But answer the Answer but my question one. first. Okay. This one first up. Um, I think you have to understand the history of France as as well as being a a, a revolutionary country and and. And people that are very strong in defending what they what they feel and expressing themselves and for how they feel, um, I think that's a that's an important thing. Where the the uh, compared to a lot of Anglo society, and I say this with all from my experience in Australia more than anything, um, a French person will will speak their mind a lot more than than an Australian and will will kick up a fuss and stand their ground a lot more than an Australian. I think in a political sense, so. So possibly there there's there's something in 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 that reaction there's not necessarily a um a, a rule book of respect or or politeness or etiquette that a that a french fan will will follow as much as as much as another type of football fan perhaps um booing neymar and messi in particular it it's a hard one because I think there there have been precedents in French football in particular, probably precedents in all all over the world in, in national teams as well of, of 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 fans booing their own players. I know it shocked a lot of people that don't follow French football, that haven't seen um the development of Paris Saint Germain over the last ten years, that haven't seen the how Lionel Messi has played this season, how Neymar has played in in five seasons, and how his relationship with the club has developed as well. So I think they're they're all elements. I don't think there's an easy an easy answer to to whether it's right or whether it's wrong. There was a big article in Le Kip by their head writer, Vincent Deluc, that was um saying that it was unacceptable and quoting Nick Hornby and and all this romanticism <laughs> about football, which is the height of irony coming from Le Kip who spent the whole time saying that Paris Saint Germain should win everything and creating this, this demonic monster that, that isn't allowed to slip up. And as soon as they do, you, you jump on them. I think, Robbie, I think in the, in the, the, in the, the I, wake, yeah. in the wake of that Champions League defeat, which was inexplicable, devastating for Paris Saint Germain fans, probably devastating for the players as well who don't understand what happens. There was a lot of finger pointing and people love to have a villain, a baddie. Um A lot of people see Paris Saint Germain as being a baddie, even though to to celebrate a Real Madrid victory in the champions League is is hilarious if you 're looking for romanticism in football but there there was that um and the Paris Saint Germain fans in turn were also looking for 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 a baddie someone to point the finger at as well, and I think Neymar and Messi are probably easy targets for them too, but it's the
1: symbol of it isn't it I think That's why you know Messi and Neymar are the symbols of this project. It's annoying to use to to use that word, but let's say this stage of the project, which was in the summer, we you know we're we're getting more big names. We're getting the biggest name um, ever or the best player ever in football to play. Messi, Neymar, along with Mbappe, and uh, it was very marked how they how they cheered Mbappe and, and, and booed the other two. Which, if you look at you know the performances of the three. Um, you you can understand that that reaction, but I I I feel like from the point of view of Messi, I, I can understand why people are, are getting upset about it, and I think it's more yeah the the symbol that 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 Messi is, i.e. Um, the head of this project who's come in and just been massively disappointing. But I think it's harsh because because he is who he who he is, and just because when you watch him, yeah, he's been disappointing, but it's 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 not. It's it's not because he just doesn't care, I, you know. It doesn't look like it's a messy. Well, I mean that 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 can be debated because he's got this very kind of like um, laid back style of playing football. But I don't think for a minute that Messi wants to be um, as you know ineffective as he is on 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 the football pitch. Angus,
3: yeah, I I just picking up on uh, on Messi there. I think what part of the the reason why the fans are so upset with him is that they see this. Uh, Difference between him in the Champions League and in Liga, where he has uh, struggled to get goals, even though he has been setting up goals, which is the uh, the thing he's coming up with in Liga. But I think that the the real problem with Paris Saint-Germain is not so much the attack. I mean, Messi was seen as like the missing link that would take them to a Champions League. But I think that they've missed the point that uh, they've fallen into that sort of Galacticos trap a little bit. that Real Madrid did, where they concentrated more on bringing in attacking players at the expense of really shoring up at the back. And I think that it's at the back where Paris Saint-Germain have had more problems than they have coming forward. I think the forward t- forwards take care of themselves. But they did, so they did sign
1: they did sign Hakimi, Ramos and Donnarumma in the summer. Yes, I mean but it's not Ramos like they've, they've been ignoring that. Nuno Mendes uh, they didn't know. As well. that. They didn't Nuno Mendes, but they didn't they didn't know he wouldn't play. It's not like, no. you know, I'm, I, I, it's not like they've neglected the defense. But the defense is where they unlucky have or played. unwise. Yeah, but
3: I think I think the pro- the defense is still more where
0: the yeah, although the Angus, are. no,
1: no, no, and I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I I get what you're saying, but you could say as well when you've got three players who don't defend in, you know, in in your attack, then that makes it harder for the
2: defenders. Very true. Yeah, yeah no, I, I mean, yeah. I <laughs> I think it's very easy to to look at this and say all these things, and it's is true. The comment about the the three that don't necessarily work as hard up front as 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 what you'd want, particularly in modern football, and when you look at other other sides um, that do, I think. Look, I think there are so many things that that need to be discussed to try and dissect that. But I think, and if you look, if you let the dust settle on what happened last Wednesday night, I certainly hope, and I think. When knowing Carlo Ancelotti um, and the way he would have reacted, I certainly hope Real Madrid feel very, very fortunate to have gone through. And I say this with a straight face and in all sincerity yeah, because but what's for, that uh, got to do with anything? Real Madrid, Robbie, an Real hour Madrid
1: will and... go out. They're, they've got no chance against a Man City or a Liverpool. They're, they're an aging team, and Paris Saint Germain handed them the victory. So, I mean, who cares Absolutely. about Real Madrid? I don't
2: know. Okay, well, I'm just well, we're talking about this what I've heard several times, sense of entitlement, but also the fact that this Paris Saint-Germain side can't play because for 150 minutes of 180, they played exceptionally well against yeah, Real absolutely. Madrid, who but, are Robbie, runaway absolutely. leaders in the Spanish First okay, Division, right. Matt. It's not but, Real Robbie, Madrid Robbie, who Robbie, have Robbie, no listen. chance no, 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 of winning no, 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 the Champions no, no. League. Real Madrid okay, are not just... a terrible side, and Paris Saint-Germain showed them that they are a side that can match them well, and probably any side in Europe good, over isn't 150 good the, minutes. The,
1: the... Isn't that good that Paris Saint-Germain can play well, given that and they've got like, some of the best like players no in the world? Like no other side in the history of the game. The whole, point, yeah, the whole point is what happened in the last 30 minutes, Robbie, and the way that they collapsed. And the fact that they still had 15 or 20 Well, then minutes, don't they, talk, they talk they to me about that, tactics
2: then or they, balance of the had, side. Talk to me about the listen, mental listen, side, Robbie, me why
1: they fall apart. <laughs> yeah, okay, I will. That's what I will do. And I think um, they ultimately got what they deserved because... Um, in those last fifteen minutes, Robbie, they had to score a goal. They they couldn't pass a football. They couldn't get out of the Real Madrid half, or their own half, rather. Um and it was and it was absolutely pathetic. They just forgot how to play football because they haven't respected for me, you know, and this this'll be, you know, a uh, grande phrase that you'll probably roll your you eyes about. about, to about but I don't think they I don't think they have respected football because I think you can't play like they have played this season. And, you know, you'll come back and go, oh, the 15 points clear. But um, I think, you know, we can all admit this season there simply isn't another contender. There simply isn't another challenger. And Paris Saint-Germain have had it too easy. They have been strolling through games, playing poorly. We've talked about it for most of this season. They've scored a lot of late goals. They've got a lot of late wins. They're going to win the title. Well done. But you can't, you can't behave like Paris Saint-Germain have behaved this season, whether it be during the games, whether it be during the week um, and expect, you know, and and expect when the going gets tough and let's face it, it didn't even get that tough. They just conceded one goal and they completely collapsed because there isn't a team there. There, And and in those moments, this is when everybody has to pull together and every, because you can have all the individuals you want and you would think, with 20 minutes left in a football match when you've got Messi, Neymar, Mbappe, Di Maria, Draxler, Verratti on the football pitch, you would at least create a chance. They couldn't string a pass together because the team disintegrated. And you can say that's because the management has no uh, the, the manager has no authority, he's been undermined all the time. There's there's a whole bundle of reasons for it. But in many ways, I find it very reassuring because what we are seeing is that football is ultimately a collective, and that has let Paris Saint-Germain down.
2: Well, I, I agree, agree with, that, with I agree with with nearly all of that. Just I don't think I mean the 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 falling apart the last twenty minutes, the last twenty five minutes when you need a goal, and after everything you've just said, I think that also goes to explain why the fans were so devastated and why why people just can't understand what happened. There's the, the the height of the fans' anger and disappointment is only matched by the, the quantity of their hope that this was going to be the year when things could turn around and when you see a side that can play as good as they did for the first hour can only be matched by the way they can completely fall apart. But they called it as well. They called
1: it the fans because before the Real Madrid game we saw all the banners. We, they, the, the fans totally knew that this was a dysfunctional football club. And you, yeah, of course, they didn't expect the collapse because when you're watching the game, PSG are in control and you're waiting for the third goal uh, and we didn't expect that. But Angus.
2: Yeah, well, I have a, uh, let's get Angus can have, have <laughs> get a, try and get a word in edgeways before I'm coming back because I have another theory as well. And I agree with, with almost everything you've said, Matt, because and I think it's reached a point where the inverted commas project is in real danger. But, but go Angus.
3: Yeah, I was enjoying the ding dong battle going on there. It was all, I didn't need to say anything, but I was going to say that uh, that uh, I think as well the the fans are so frustrated because of the fact that it's not just this season that they're complaining about. If we've seen Paris Saint Germain collapse like this in the past, I mean most spectacularly against Barcelona, where they were well in control of that, and a similar thing happened to them then. And it, it's almost as if like when they make a a big mistake, somebody makes a big individual mistake, like Donna Ruma did for the first goal this time around. It affects the entire side and they almost go into their shells. I mean, even Marquinhos, who is normally the beacon of defensive stability, came up with a horrendous uh, mistake that led to a goal. And that came off the back of a warning um, in the first half where he bizarrely back into his own penalty area and they nearly got punished there. So yeah. it, the, the game itself almost was like a microcosm of their recent history where you could see the disaster coming if you look totally
1: and 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 Marquinhos's performance is very very relevant to this because he has been you know for me certainly with Van Dijk the best defender in the world and you know he's the example at Paris Saint-Germain he's been absolutely phenomenal and there was absolutely something about his performance that wasn't right um on on Wednesday night the back heel in in his own penalty area but also just not not having that defensive stability and um it's fascinating, and and you're right. And the mistakes are always from different people. And it was mm. always like we need to get rid of Thiago Silva because you know he's just got this culture of uh, of, of, of 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 bottling things now. And the, maybe the big it's moments. just a he, lot of, not of there. Paris
2: Saint Germain fans. Maybe it's just a club that has to suffer. Maybe or, there's or maybe, <laughs> maybe they they the need players are
1: maybe the player. Well, maybe they're not account. They're, they're, maybe they're not held accountable maybe there's a lack of humility well, we've just throughout the football club well, and we've just this, said we're not allowed
2: to whistle any of the players apparently if you if who you said that wow that's what your first questions were alluding to that's what there are large things in the kip gary lineker's saying how can they whistle Messi? how can you hold accountable a player like like this well you can't have it every which way this is the whole point about the, no, the different narratives more, yeah that are attacking and looking for baddies and looking for easy villains in all of this. And people say everything in its opposite, as long as it's because this is this is so hard to explain.
1: No, but I'm talking more internally, Robbie, when I talk about, you know, accountability that, you know, Neymar can play badly for three games in a row, he's still going to play the next game. Um, Hakimi and all, whoever can go to Fashion Week and, and whatever and get photos taken when they're meant to be preparing for a game and nobody's going to say anything um Cavani let's talk about him because he's not there anymore so Robbie won't get upset but you know could come back from holidays whenever he wanted to and he'd still have to play and you can't run a football club like that maybe a little more patience should have been shown with the likes of Unai
3: Emery and uh, Thomas Tuchel because we've seen what they've done since it's
1: unmanageable it's unmanageable you know, and yeah Pochettino you got, you've got to give them well it's been I mean, a horror, horror show out, I think over the well, players
2: yeah, well, I think you're getting to uh, the point, which is one that I think is is worthy to be raised. And again, and it comes back to my initial point about the 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 whistling of the 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 two star players, if you like, or two of the star players of Paris Saint Germain at the weekend, in Messi and Neymar, is the fact that there was there is a misunderstanding of French culture and French football culture as well. And and when the, the owners took over the club in 2011, the Qatari sports investment. They always talk, and you always heard this said over and over again, this, this club is to be a locomotive for French football. We're going to lead, and we're, through traction, we're going to pull up the rest of the league, and everyone else is going to come with us, and there's going to be more investment, and the whole level of French football is going to go up various levels, except that Nobody followed because they didn't understand that that French football culture is not like the English or the Spanish or the Italian insofar as it is all pervasive and people lose their heads and will throw all their money into into building up these clubs and you can't have a an AC Milan who in the late 80s and early 90s bought every good player in the world and built them up. There was one that 94 95 team had about. Seven or eight foreigners, all the best. When you could still only play three or four at a, at the time, and they were leaving players on the bench: Savicevic, Boban, the Dutchman. They were all still there. It was all just madness. But everyone else in Italian football went with them. They all said, "Oh my God, this is amazing!" Juve, Torino, Parma, Lazio. They all they all went. What do you it, mean they all went with them? They all they all spent as money. Well. They all invested. They all but lifted. The French clubs
1: don't have they don't have the money.
2: Exact, but who does, Matt? No one. No one does. The Italian then Italian football goes down. Goes through a period of ten years without money. In Spain, you had that great period of Deportivo La Coruña, of Valencia, Sevilla. They were all, they were all up there. In England, everyone Manchester City started changing the, the transfer landscape. Investing huge amounts of money, Liverpool Chelsea, went with Chelsea, them. Chelsea, Manchester United, yeah. Chelsea initially, exactly. But because yeah. of the culture of the football, everyone went with it, and the league continued to grow. And you still, and now you have these five or six clubs who have the biggest wage bills in in world football, who spend more money, who generate more money. Paris Saint Germain thought they could do that in France. That the economic ecosystem of French football doesn't permit anyone else to go with them. So all they've done is continue growing and said, "Well, no one's coming with us. Lyon aren't getting any better. Monaco aren't getting any better. They just sold all their players. Marseille aren't, aren't aren't trying. No one's performing in Europe, and they just kept on doing more and more. And they kept on changing the coach, bring in bring in Neymar in 2017, bring in bring in Kylian Mbappe, now bring in Messi, bring in Wijnaldum. And all of this is just this obsession of trying to win the Champions League and compete in Europe. But the idea originally was lift all of French football. And the problem is no one went with them. And so you have this huge chasm between Paris was it really? yeah. well, the and idea The idea other...
1: of Qatar was... Absolutely.
2: ...all of French football, was it? Well, that was the word. That was the, that's what Nasser Al-Khalifi has always What's said. What's
1: disappointing, perhaps from our point of view, is that PSG haven't invested more in, in, in French talent. And that was another thing I read... One of the suggestions of Lekeep for the for the PSG rebuild was that instead of going out and buying, you know the the latest superstars, why don't they buy Lovro Maja and uh, Seko Fofana and Sven Botman and like invest? Well, but, what's I mean, their know, model? It's, 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 Is that the English model? I, I I don't know. You know, you're talking about the English model at a time when uh, Chelsea are being sanctioned, where there's a lot of debate about. Whether the Premier League should be allowing Saudi Arabia to 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 invest in in Newcastle? I I, I and, well, that's you know, all Rob... different.
2: That's a geopolitical argument that I well, wasn't it, getting it, into. It, it is, I'm I am talking about English just investing huge to, amounts of money. Into I think French English football.
1: football, to an extent, was able to follow
2: Chelsea and Manchester City because they already had enormous television revenues. And I don't. Think... But that's what I'm saying, Matt. That's my whole point. Yeah, but the, the, French... the economic culture of the country, the economy of football, economy in England, was ready to explode. and and grow the way it had in Italy in the 90s and Spain in the noughties and then England overtook everyone and will continue to grow and the French football economy was never going to be that economy and yet they've invested in Paris Saint-Germain as if they were a Manchester City a Real Madrid or a Juventus
1: it's it's interesting stuff Robbie for for more Listen to Robbie Thompson on the History of Football podcast, which he will soon be uh, be launching. But we're going to stick with League on Uber Eats. And I have to admit, I chuckled over my cereal this morning when I, I saw a tweet. Um, we were talking last week about how we we're all worried about Marseille and Jorge Sampaoli, and it was all going wrong. And the tweet was, uh, uh, what an incredible turnaround. It's been three victories in a week for Marseille. Um, the first one in Madrid on Wednesday night, the second one against Basel on Thursday. And uh, another victory for Marseille on Sunday night against Brest 4-1. So, you know, the Marseille supporters listening, uh, well done to you. You probably enjoyed that chat about Paris Saint-Germain as well. But Robbie will point out, unless I do, that uh, Marseille are 15 points behind PSG. They are, though, above Nice again on goal difference. Nice were held to a 0-0 draw at at Montpellier. Um, But good to see Marseille win in Europe in what was... uh, Overall, a pretty underwhelming, um, underwhelming week. Uh, Ren, I, I watched Wren's game against Leicester. We'll we'll talk about Ren in a moment. They played, they played really well against Leicester, and you know Leicester somehow with that last minute goal got 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 the two nil victory. It was a fascinating game. Wren just lacked, I think, that little bit of European know how. Um, but that tie isn't over yet. Monaco, very disappointing, losing two nil in Braga. Um, Monaco lost again at the weekend against Strasbourg so uh, difficult difficult moments for, for Philippe Clement but Angus is chomping at the bit we're going to bring in his commentary we're going to listen to what happened in uh, what was uh, the, the big game of the weekend it was Lyon against Rennes Lyon, oh gosh sorry I didn't mention them they did really well in Europe um, they they secured a 1-0 win away to Porto and, and Lyon played really well in that and I have to admit I watched that and I thought this Leon side, they're going to finish the season strongly. Let's see what happened. Leon against Ren on Sunday afternoon.
0: Come up through the system, always a nice chance here, and another chance. And Benjamin Borjoe has put Ren in front. A swift counter attack from action at the other end, and Ren's good legal form continues. Corner kick, which Borregeau will take, the goalscorer. It's a decent ball in, it hits Pacatar. Back in again, and there's a second goal! Batty Santa Maria! Only his second goal of the season, it took a deflection by the look of it, which meant that Anthony Lopez was absolutely stranded. But a catastrophic start in the rain for Lyon. What a start for Wren. True fair. Fairly uncultured ball compared to what we've seen now then. Lopez. Another moment from Lopez right at the end of the half. And Meyer has made it three. Right on the stroke of half-time. Oh, my goodness me. A nightmare in the last five minutes for Anthony Lopez. Peter Bosz's men in all sorts of trouble now. At half time, it is Leon Nil, Ren 3. Roman Febre, the latest corner for Leon. It's a bit lower this time. Oh, that's a magnificent goal from Carl Toko Ecombi. And finally, Leon are on the board. Well, the little bit of quality that Leon had been looking for through the game something for the fans to get behind and it could be an own goal in the end
1: by Hamari Traore well Angus um what do we make of this Leon side who can be superb and, and control a game in Porto and play play so well and yet a few days later collapse um, they had a disastrous start to the game um lots of credit to Wren, who went and got four goals in Montpellier. Now they've scored four goals in Lyon. But, but this is a bitter blow for, for another bitter blow for Peter Boss.
3: Yeah, well, it was um, Peter Boss already described the 4-1 defeat earlier in the season as his worst moment as Lyon Boss. So goodness knows how, how he's going to rate what happened yesterday. I mean, the first few minutes were just mad. And Lyon, they just kept giving the ball away in their own half and it just encouraged uh Ren to come at them and Gator Labord was his usual animal self he just chased after everything we were talking about front men that don't chase back and do the defensive work well Gator Labord is like the opposite of that he never stops moving and he was he, he might not have been involved directly in more than one goal yesterday but indirectly he was involved in almost everything they did uh including a magnificent chase down of uh, Lopez when uh, he cut the ball out inside the box, which was incredible. Um, I'm getting ahead of myself a bit, but I will backtrack. Don't worry. Uh, but Antony Lopez had a bit of a mare. And to be honest, it's not the first time he's had a mare in his games. He can be mercurial. He can come off with the most amazing saves in Leon, but he does go walkabout a little bit, to use uh, Aussie terminology there, quite badly, uh, Robbie. And um, he he almost scored an own goal before that, which was one of the most bizarre things, a casual attempt at a, a high back pass that bounced off his shoulder, and he just about managed to stop um, sparking off the goal line technology. And he might have been thinking about that when the ball came back to him again a few minutes later, uh, and he gave the ball away to Laborde. Laborde found Bourgero, and Bourgero had a magnificent game as well, one of the unsung heroes, a real secret star, as I like to call him, yeah, of this good. Ren side.
1: And he said, Angus, it up Angus for... I'm looking... Uh, yeah, sorry, well, well, I'm looking at the... Um... Le Keep marks Anthony Lopez two out of ten so you know he, he obviously had a shocker but you look at that Leon team Endombele and and Kakaray in the middle of the park Roman Favre Lucas Paqueta uh, Toko Ecombi and Dembélé. what's the problem what is the problem I mean you know was it was it was it a hangover from that game in Porto were they just not sharp enough or was it like you said just individual errors well I think that um, Ren came off the back of
3: their uh, match with I think feeling as though they had something to prove they they knew they played well, but they, that like you said, that 90th minute goal by Ian Acho, I think really stung them. And they started this game as if they were still brooding from the end of that game. And they were at them right from the kickoff. Um, and like I say, Leon's problem um, was the fact that they kept giving the ball away between the lines of defense and midfield. And it was just encouraging Rennes to hit them. I mean, let's not forget only Paris Saint-Germain have scored more goals than Rennes this season, and nobody has scored more goals than them in 2022. So, they are a dangerous side. They keep on scoring four goals in games this season as well. Once they start scoring, they just keep going, and they really don't need that kind of encouragement from a team to be able to do it. But it's because the whole team will also press, they get possession back very quickly, and you can see that happening. It doesn't always work. I mean, Bruno Genesio is now getting the plaudits now. Let's not forget that uh, people were calling for him to be sacked earlier in the season after a a poor start, but it just took him a while to get his message across. But I think Gaetan Laborde's introduction from Montpellier, he was great for Montpellier, but I think he's gone to a different level again under Genesio at Rennes, and he's really showing that that um, partnership he had with Delors was not a one-off because he's doing the same thing now with the likes of Terrier. And also with Adrian Trufair as well, who is also doing spectacularly well.
1: Yeah, and I'll, I'll eat a bit of humble pie because Bruno Genesia going to Rennes and coming back to Ligue one so I wasn't particularly excited. But in terms of the football Rennes are playing, they're just about the most exciting um, you know, side. that, Like Angus said, they, they score one and they just keep going. They just keep on attacking. Um, Robbie, uh, Leon will probably be feeling even sillier for the fact that they've... Been thrashed twice now by their former coach Bruno Genesio. Um, another player that Angus may have mentioned but um, was central to to Sunday was Martin Terrier, who's having a mm. great season. He's got 14 league goals now. Another guy who was okay at Lyon, but in 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 the fringes, he's now I think he's 25, hitting his prime. You know, a player that maybe Lyon should have should have kept.
2: Yeah, but it's a hard one, Martin Terrier. Uh, it was a superb goal, brilliant. Brilliant finish, which he 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 very generously decided not to celebrate. And I was thinking when I saw him just do the the hands down calma calma celebration. I thought he's starting to r- rack up a few teams. He can't celebrate goals against now because there was Lille and Strasbourg and now Leon as well. And he's one of those nice guys that doesn't want to offend anyone. I I don't I won't jump on Leon for not for not re-signing him or for hanging on to him just because we could all see the potential but i really started to wonder whether he was ever going to be the player that everyone thought he was going to be as well i don't don't know really what's clicked maybe just because lil was well he never really played that much at, at lil strasbourg i think he he showed glimpses like it, Leon, but really no consistency and no real hunger and no real clinical yeah that's edge the thing to with his him. It's game the, it's, and yeah it's the
1: hunger exactly he's is an he elegant is he a killer yeah
2: exactly and and that he started to show so look the fact that he didn't that he didn't resign and that it's all clicking for him great one thing I will say very quickly and then my piece is done um, about Wren and I think Angus said it there and you did too Matt this that there's a positive thing about them they've got these players that are prepared to run are prepared to give everything out on the pitch i'm not comparing that to anybody else or and there there are different reasons why you can get that but it's all about buying in having a coach who can who can get his message across who can who can convey what he wants from the players and get them to buy in they look like a good bunch we were talking the other week about Amari Traore and what a what a what a player he is they've got young players Lovro uh, Meyer is a fantastic footballer who's who will only continue to get better. They've got they've got a good mix and it's all clicking. Would you, Rob? Would you take him for Neymar right now? Lovro Meyer? same position yeah. or or Martin Terrier? Love no, Lovro Maya. Uh, I'm not going to play him on uh, high on the left. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, I Terrier... love right, Lovro lo, lo, Yeah, no, sorry, I'm just, I'm just. Just testing Robbie a little bit. L- Lovro Meyer, instead of um, trying to think, Di De- Maria? No, he's more he's more of a um, deep-lying midfielder. Sorry, let, yeah. let, let's stop this game. It's not, it's not good fun. Angus, <laughs> but Wijnaldum?
3: Angus. No, I was going to talk about Terrier and the fact that uh, I think one of the things about Terrier's resurgence is uh, the way he's responded to having Bruno Genesio in charge of him because he scored a couple of goals before he arrived last season, but he really kicked on almost immediately that uh, Genesio came in. Uh, he scored nine goals in the end last season. He's gone on. He's the uh, top scorer for them this campaign. And he really seems to fit in. I don't know whether Janesio is making him feel like the most important player in the team, but his confidence seems far higher these days uh, than it used to be. And he's fitting in really well with those around him.
2: Just very quickly, and this can be a, another mini-coup girl from me today, is the fact that uh, that argument of, why he never performed there or he's the one that got away or we we had him and he didn't do that for us. Why isn't he? This is the life of a footballer. That sometimes it's just the people you play with, it's the coach, it's your family situation, it's, it's, you know, any number of things, why something clicks at one club and didn't before or didn't at another and won't in the future. And it happens over and over again. There are some things that are not mathematical that you can't just uh, – Perfectly predict 100%. And where a player plays his best, that's one of them. Okay. Okay, thank you, Robbie. We've got a competition
1: coming up, the uh, the Dejahoo competition, and then we're going to talk African talent. Just to wrap up um, the race for Europe, uh, PSG obviously 15 points clear of Marseille and Nice. So Marseille second, Nice third. They both have 50 points. Ren have 49 points. Strasbourg have 47 so just three points separating those four teams between Marseille and Strasbourg. There's then a bit of a drop-off. You've got Lille in, in sixth. They're on 43. Nantes in seventh. Monaco. Uh, you've got Monaco, Lens and Lyon all on 41 points. Monaco eighth. Lens ninth. Uh, Lyon tenth. So Lyon still down in, in tenth position, which is uh, obviously not where they would want to be. Now listen, I, Robbie wants to apologise. I'll apologise on behalf of Robbie. For what was a, a hugely difficult deja vu last week and i know a lot of you have spent a lot of time listening over and over trying to work it out I the didn't clues are there
2: the clues are there the clues are there <laughs> but i mean one of the one of the key clues
1: was the the fact that it was international women's day but robbie didn't mention that um so oh, just very people quickly, should have known that a Jerome Boating shirt was up for grabs last week and you may be reassured listening to this to hear that nobody got it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a it's so the shirt, historic
1: first time the ever. The shirt is being is being sent back to Jerome. Thank you for, for, for the offer, Jerome, but nobody got it. No, no no no. It's it is still up for grabs. Um the clue was um after a long career in the French second division which did include a first World Cup appearance, it was four years later that everything really took off for me. In the year I made my eye-catching league 1 debut, I went all the way to the World Cup final. And 12 months later, I'd also featured in both the UEFA Champions League and Europa League, as well as the UEFA Nations League. Strong-minded and assertive in the middle of the park, I am known for always playing to the whistle. Robbie, I mean, the key was I'm known for always playing to the whistle. Um, which suggests it's an official, and the fact that I mentioned it was International Women's Day. um, One or two people out there might be getting it. Um, Stephanie Frappard, is that right, Robbie?
2: That is correct.
1: That is correct. So... um, We got some answers. Well, we still should um, explain who she is close. because
2: maybe no one knows. Yeah, go on who then. She is, yeah, go, well, go, you can. Go. You can. are your Stephanie
1: Frapper, Okay, so yeah. <laughs> the first referee to to referee in Ligue 1 Uber Eats, it was Amiens against Strasbourg her first game a few seasons ago now. Um, she took charge of a Champions League game for the first time Juventus Dynamo Kiev, uh, Leicester against Zoria Luhansk in the Europa League. She took charge of the UEFA Super Cup between Chelsea and Liverpool. Uh, a UEFA Nations League game between Malta and Latvia. And uh, the World Cup clue. That, that had me stumped. I said, no, Robbie, she didn't. She wasn't in the World Cup final. But she did take charge of the 2019 FIFA Women's World Cup final in France Congratulations to Robbie Thompson, who won his own competition. Thank you. But nobody else could win. Um,
2: <laughs> so <laughs> now do for, you for really win mi- it?
1: <laughs> for us mere mortals, no, Robbie is not going to get the shirt. We're giving you another clue for the Jérôme Boating shirt. So actually, two shirts up for grabs this week. Um, and here we go. I think Robbie's going easy on you. This is the clue for to win a Jérôme Boating shirt. Um, we're continuing on a similar theme. Tell us who was the first female coach on the bench of a professional men's football match in France, and where is she now? If you think you know the answer to that, league1podcast at gmail.com. Now, that is Good an luck. easy one,
2: but it's just sticking with a the theme to just reinforce that women have played and continue to play and will play in the future a prominent role in French football and perhaps other leagues around Europe and the world can take note. Thank you, Robbie. Thank there you, Robbie. I
1: said to him this morning, by the way, that second clue was far too easy. And he was like, well, we've
2: got to get rid of the shirt. I mean, <laughs> you know, so, so guys, he, he doesn't <laughs> even play anymore. I mean,
1: <laughs> this is a much harder Deja Vu this week. So, um, the prize is uh, a wonderful um, Ren shirt with Kamaldin Sulemana on the back. The uh, Ghanaian whiz kid uh, who lit up Liga 1 in the first uh, few months of the season. And has a big, big future. So here we go. It's time for this week's Deja Who. Who am I? I made my Ligue 1 debut at 21 years of age for my hometown club and went on to play for four other teams in the French top flight and one English club, getting my hot little hands on the Coupe de la Ligue with three different teams and the Ligue 1 championship with two of them. My bad boy slash good-natured larrikin image proved a heady mix... And trouble, rumour and innuendo were never far away. Despite all the legendary tales of my joie de vivre, my penchant for student nights and regular run-ins with the law that sometimes threatened to overshadow my achievements on the pitch, my top flight career lasted a full 16 years and I earned 48 caps for my country. So, Angus, um, is that an easy one, a hard one? I couldn't tell you. (laughs) <laughs> there are I'm a couple always, of big clues there there are at, a couple of big clues in there
2: <laughs> i'm
1: struggling i'm struggling no, with Matt, it but i you, think that's Matt, i think you that's gettable get that.
2: that. yeah i think yeah Matt, i'm yeah. a
1: bit tired this morning i'll have a look over, over my yeah. lunch break i'll have a proper look um we got an aside, aside from, a... from
2: the facts there are two clear clues that give it away which we'll we will discuss in a week's time okay but you, ha- um, you do have yeah, to know it... your stuff okay yeah. <laughs> sorry
1: Email, email answers to league1podcast at gmail.com. Or if you have any questions, we heard from Manofal Hafidz Oladana. I hope I've pronounced that right. Um, great to hear from you. He was initially answering the um, Deja Hu question. He thought it was N'Golo Conte, which we think was a, was a decent guess for the, um, for the Stephanie Frappard one because uh, he was playing in Ligue Dur and he played in the World Cup final, etc. But no, unfortunately, that was, that was wrong. And uh, Nelfal was asking us, "What's going to happen at Monaco if they fail to qualify for the Champions League or the or any European competition? Chouamani and Benyeda might leave. I don't want to see that happen. I'm a Monaco fan. Which players should we be looking for? Um, Angus, good chance that Chouamani will go. I, I think regardless, I think they're going to get huge money for him. Benyeda maybe is a different is a different case, but pretty uncertain times at, at Monaco. They." Changed coach mid-season. We were a bit surprised. Niko Kovac went. Philip Clement came in. Things haven't got any better. Any 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 bright ideas for them? Who who could they bring in?
3: Well, I, th- I think actually, to be honest with you, the, um, the, the, we shouldn't forget as well that having Russian ownership in the current climate, that uh, the which players are going to be going or coming might be the least of their worries. Ultimately, so we see what's happening with Chelsea in um, in England at the moment. Um, there seems to be a different environment around Monaco than there is around Chelsea. Um, but um, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's difficult to tell with Monaco because they, um, they're they quite good at um, scavenging around um, European football to, to bring in players. Falcao was a really good buy uh, a little while ago. The It's obviously a wonderful place to go. So I don't think that uh, the environment is really going to hinder them in with regard to pulling in players. But the problem I think Monaco will have is that if they want to um, go with the likes of Paris Saint-Germain in regard to the previous conversation, I think it's quite difficult for them to do it because they don't have really a very good um, support base. They don't get gate receipts in the same way that everywhere else. Even though it sounds slightly romantic, I think there's a detachment... Yeah, but they never
1: have done. They've still they've still won yeah. eight titles, including one in 2017. I mean, well, that hasn't stopped them in the past.
3: That is true. but um, And they made it to a Champions League final once. Um, Mm -hmm. but again, it's still only once. Um, and if you're looking for the rest of France to go with Paris Saint-Germain, then it needs to be slightly more than that. Um, I think that that losing Germany is going to be almost certain. I I think that it's just the nature of things. And that also fills in line with what we were saying about Paris Saint-Germain is that Paris Saint-Germain are the only team that really managed to keep hold of players when they do well, which doesn't help with the general rise of uh, the entire French league. And Monaco fit into that. I mean, they won the title and immediately lost Kylian Mbappe, so and that put them back. And they suddenly were back in the pack again. Um, so I think they do have a trouble. They do have problems with um, like everybody else in pulling in a lot of um, teams. And I think that they need to follow maybe slightly more the Liverpool uh, way of looking at things to go back to another conversation about what the, the the structure of transfers in England, where you 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 go after the players you think you need rather than because the biggest shiniest player becomes available. Um, which is generally the way Paris Saint-Germain have gone. But uh, no, it, I mean, it's, I can't tell you where their transfer policy is going to go. Nobody really can, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, it is it is tough. Paul Mitchell, Paul Mitchell maybe
1: can. Yeah. He can. We should yeah, get him on the director, park. But we, we will try We Yeah, well, we might We might be speaking to him. Uh, well, they've got a new, a brand new does, training centre. He maybe doesn't center. know this yet. but and They've got yeah, a brand new
3: training centre just up the hill from Monaco, which uh, is also where they're also putting their future as well, so hopefully they will be able to come up with um, some shiny new youngsters who are already coming through, to be fair, Um, so maybe that
1: is the future as well for them. Well, maybe Monaco should be turning to Africa, because a lot of league and clubs do, and we have a lot of African talent, and we are going to um, talk a little bit about that now, because we had an email in asking us, uh, it was from David A., asking us for um, a bit of a discussion about the African players in Ligue 1 and uh, we're going to try and pick our best 11. So I've I, I've gone through a few names, so I suggest we go around the table um, and we pick each position. Do please tell me, Robbie and Angus, if I've missed someone because I, I was going through fairly quickly last night. Um, in ter- terms of goalkeepers, we've got a, a few young African goalkeepers. But in terms of the ones who are playing at the moment regularly in Ligue 1, we've got Alfred Gomez, the Senegalese goalkeeper at Rennes, who's taken edward mendy's uh, place. um and we've got alexandre ukija um, at metz. that's right, he's at metz isn't he? um Angus, i'll throw my i'll yes. throw
3: my hat in straight away for alfred gomez in that um for a number of reasons. Um, one i think that he's done an astonishing job. it's not an easy job to to fill in for edward mendy who i think is probably the best goalkeeper in the world on current form at the moment and he almost almost seamlessly came in and has been doing a spectacularly good job. Nine clean sheets this season in Liga. He always looks good in the air when the ball comes into the box. He's a great shot stopper and he's got a good mentality, which is perhaps why I veered away from Akeja a little bit.
1: Big gloves to fill, Robbie. Big big gloves to fill. But Alfred Gomez does have very big hands as well, doesn't
2: he? Yep, absolutely. No, good... (laughs) Good uh, good keeper. I'll go with Angus on that one. Absolutely. No contest. All right. right fullbacks.
1: There's a bit more competition for this um, because we've got the Ren captain, Amari Traore, Malian international. We've got Ashraf Hakimi, the Moroccan. We've got Yusuf Atal, Nice's uh, Algerian fullback, Impressing at the moment in recent weeks, left-field choices for right-back. Um, Alidou Seydou of uh, Clermont and the Ivory Coast. And Falai Sako, who's done really well with Saint-Etienne, the Malian right-back, or right centre-back, um, since joining in January. So uh, let's start with you on this, Robbie. Although I think I know who you're going to go for.
2: It's hard to go past him, isn't it? Right, I think. Right. Well <laughs> Hakimi. Ashraf Hakimi. Look, I think the first three you said are all um, good picks. Hakimi and Atal, for me, in terms of talent, are the standouts. In terms of consistency and being a leader and really making the most of your potential i think hamari triore is a fantastic player um so look what do we want from our right back is he wearing the captain's armband if not um hakimi and atal i think atal on his day if he can stay fit is a is a breathtaking player as well almost different to hakimi but almost more exciting than than Hakimi um but Hamari Traore is a, a fantastic servant to 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 Wren football club
1: all right well then I'm going to give Angus the casting vote I'm going to say Hamari Traore who I love um and is is yeah such a big player for Ren. so Angus who's who's the right back
3: well it's not because you've said it but I would also go for Hamari Traore
1: because of the fact Ooh. that he's also a leader Mm. Um, Robbie Robbie's not gonna like this I I would say okay it just um, means
2: you're not allowed to choose another captain so leadership is no longer a necessity for any of the other nine positions we're about to pick um...
1: you can have you can have several (laughs) captains on the field poor old Yunus Abdelhamid is about
2: to miss out now because we've gone with Hamid (laughs) Amari Traore
1: (laughs) I, I and I think Hakimi had a I mean everyone had a dodgy game at the Bernabeu but Hakimi struggled arguably Arguably at fault for the second goal where he, he, he played Benzema Zemeron. And I was paying close attention to him on uh, Sunday because I was thinking, how good is Hakimi actually? And my goodness, I thought he, he was is amazing good. on Sunday. Yeah, he is incredibly he's incredibly good. He's a hell of a footballer. Um, <laughs> all right, left back. Um, so I've, I've put a number of names. Abdou Diallo can play centre-back, of course, as well. Masadio Aydara of Lens. We've got Ambroise Oyongo, the Cameroonian at uh, Montpellier. Gislain Conan. Doing really well this season with Rouse. Um, Sada Tube, who's a forward but has been playing left back um, for for Saint Etienne recently. So there you go, few, a few to choose from. Let's go with you, Angus, first on on this. Abdou Diallo.
3: I am I am Idara, I'm torn um, Abdou Diallo and uh, I love Jislancona going forward, um, but I think that uh, Abdou Diallo gives you a little more defensive stability. Um, and also coming off the back of uh, an excellent uh, Africa Cup of Nations as well, um, I think I
1: think I'm going to have to go with the um, the Paris Saint Germain man. But does he? But does he want to play left back, Abdou Diallo? He wants to play <laughs> centre back, Ro- Robbie. Yeah, but you've put him as a left back, so. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I have, and I, and and, and <laughs> I'm, so I'll give you the.
2: That was I'm a setup, Gisle- Angus. Gisle- I'm going for
1: Gisle- I'm going for Conan because uh, he's been really eye-catching. He keeps getting in our team of the week. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'll,
2: I'll follow that. I'll go with Conan. I think Haidara, from my memory, is not a player that, that plays regularly enough or consistently enough in that position. Ayong'o, um, I think, is a talented player, but just never seems to string five games together at, over the years and years that that we've been following him. Um, and Saratoub, well, that's a huge surprise to see him, although I did see that he was playing there <laughs> at the weekend. No, Jislin Conan, no problem for me. I okay. guess
3: it okay, depends on whether or not we're going to go for wing-backs or full-backs, doesn't it?
2: No, no, four, it's a
1: it's a 2 Come a on, let's keep it simple. Okay. Um, Abdou Diallo, is, is, he's going to get another chance. I'm going to put him in the centre-back category. We've got to choose okay. two. <laughs> um, so these are the guys I've noted. Abdou Diallo, Naif Aguerd, the uh, Moroccan for Rennes, Alexander Gikou, playing really well, by the way, at Strasbourg, Ghanaian international, um, Scoring bicycle Diomandi, kicks. Sinali Diamandi of, uh, of Lyon and Ivory Coast. Yunus Abdel-Amid of Reims. Ishmael Traore of Angers. Um, Nabil Bentaleb of Angers. Jeremy Morel, mm-hmm. the Madagascan international of uh, Lorient, 37 years of age. And Edson Mecher, the Mozambique star at Bordeaux. Um, okay, shall I go first? Yeah. Good. Sure. <sighs> I say that having not studied this at all. Um, but no, for me, night not Aged. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, I, no doubt. To be in. And I, yeah. It's between Jiku and Abdelhamid, I'd say, for the other. And I think Abdelhamid's got to have it, probably.
2: Robbie? Yeah, um, probably. I'm ha- I can I can go with that. again, I think, is... Br- We've gone with two big, tall centre-backs yeah. so here. You don't want one that can travel a bit more territory. Maybe. Jiku. Maybe a Jiku alongside instead of Abdelhamid, even though I love Abdelhamid. I think he's a fantastic player, but we already have a leader at right-back. Um, so I'd go Aguid and Jikku. Ah. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Angus, would you rather Abdelhamid?
3: Well, I'd rather, I, I'm, I'm quite happy to go with Aguid. Uh, I think that uh, he has uh, done spectacularly well after Damien de, Cos- Damien de Silva left last season and ironically it was on the bench uh, against the wren at the weekend. I think that he grew under De Silva last season and he's now the leader of that Wren defense. So I think he's a, a very, very, very promising, um, future star at the, uh, the back for Wren. Um, I like the idea though of, um, of going for Abdul Hamid. I think he's been a steady performer, um, through the years, and I think he's mature enough to accept the fact that he might have to give the captain's armband to somebody else.
1: OK, mm-hmm. OK, good stuff. <laughs> I, I, I just thought that Naif Agued I've loved, but he, a little bit like Marquinhos on a sort of lower level, he struggled against Leicester, and he gave that ball away for Iheanacho's goal at the end in Marquinhos' fashion, sort of like, uh, instead of just clearing it, he tried to do a pass and it, he gave it away. Anyway, I, I thought that was interesting. But he's still young enough, Naïf Aged, to, to become a top, top centre-back. No yeah, question. He, and he, he's, he's already very good. All right, centre-backs, guys. Sorry, central midfielders. Um, and he's a left-footer, I
2: think. It's important to have a left-foot centre-back. Yeah, if you, if you, if you say so, so, Robbie. Yeah. Okay,
1: central midfielders. Idrissa, Idrissa Gay, Idrissa Gay, Um Jean Onana, Pap Gay um, of Marseille. And Marcel Munetzi of Reims and Zimbabwe. Mario Lemina of Gabon. Um, and uh, Nice Seko Fofana of Lens and Ivory Coast when he um, when he wants to uh, Harris Bell Kebler of Brest Ivan Neu of Saint-Etienne Riyad Boudouz of Saint-Etienne and Pap Matar Sar of Mets. Um Angus two players please oh god I so want to go for three
3: <laughs> with this it's I mean it's easy to to say Idrissa Gay I mean you know he's Never stops moving, always making tackling. He can score some of the most spectacular goals you're ever going to see. Um, But I I also have an eye on uh, Mario Lamina. I think he's come in and done a really good job for Nice. Very similar, always moving, great at tackling. Also good at getting play going for Nice as well. Uh, So I think that Lamina definitely, and then I am stuck between um, Seiko Fafana and Idrissa Gave. And the reason why is because Seiko Fofana literally runs, almost single-handedly, the Lance midfield. I mean, he there's is few people in um, football, I think, in Europe who drive forward the way that Seiko Fofana can do for Lance. So, I'm going to go for Seiko Fofana.
1: Fofana and um, Lamina.
2: La Okay, um mm, I, would, I, mean, oh, my, my, I like yeah, I Mario Lamina. It. I think he's had a, a good career, I think he's an underrated player. Um but I wouldn't I would take Idrisa Gay ahead of him, for example, but the fact that you've got Fofana in there, and I agree one hundred percent go with that, I'd go with a youngster. So I'm um, Onana Gay, Pap Gay or Papsar? Is Papsar too close to Seiko Fofana in terms of to attacking. Do we need a real number six in there? And he's not having a great season, is he? No, he's exactly. He so, sort of last year. He place. was such a yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: No, listen. Look, Fofana's got to be in. I mean, I, you know, for yeah, me, that's, yeah, I think that's for, like, Seiko the, Fofana, for me arguably, is no arguably, arguably the captain. Although we've given the armband to Amery Traore. Um, Bubakar um, Kamara
2: played. He hasn't been called up to the France senior team yet. Does he have a African no. loyalties, or is there any? No, no talk no. of that. Um,
1: um, no, he'll be France he'll be in the France. Yeah, he'll be in the France team pretty soon, I would yeah. guess. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So listen, um, Seko Fofana. Um, so it's either Adrisa or Mario Lemina. Well, we we, we could enough. also include three. Can I can before we decide? Can I give you the attacking midfielders because you could just opt for one and of four these if you want. Four of
2: these. Okay. Yeah. Go. So, so,
1: if we only want one, then we could include Gay and Lamina. Um, Hicham Boudawi, Kamaldin Suleimana, Moses Simon, Crepin Diata, Gail Kakuta, Yusuf Belaili, um, Unai, I've forgotten his first name, Wabi Kazri, Farid Bulaya, or Pap Yad, or Pap Yade, of Metz. Any shoe ins there, Angus? Um, I like Suleimana.
3: Last season, I would have said Moses Simon actually, Um, um, because I thought he did spectacular. He's doing pretty well this season. Yeah, he's having a fantastic. Yeah, but I don't know. I guess because I noticed him more last season because it was such a oh look at that. Um, He's doing uh, so well. He's being linked with Newcastle,
2: which is you know (laughs) wow.
3: (laughs) I know, which doesn't mean now what it used to, does it? So uh,
2: (laughs) no, exactly. (laughs) Um, But in terms of talent and potential, I'd go Hicham Boudawey. I think he's a fantastic footballer. Versatile as well. You could play he's one that could play across any place in midfield.
3: And has even played at wing back as well. So um, it, it's
1: uh, yeah, he's very very versatile. Uh, I would say he's I think Moses I think Moses Simon probably should be in.
2: Yeah. And I, I think would we say. have to choose and between
1: Camaldine, Sulemana, Budawi. a mention for Farid Boulaia and Gael Kakuta. I mean but more last Mercurial year footballs. again,
2: Farid Boulaia, yeah, more yeah, last yeah. season as well. But yeah and, yeah and Gail Kakuta too. Gail Kakuta, fantastic player as well. But we have leadership in Hamari Triore already at right back. All right, so so,
1: so <laughs> Moses Simon is in. I would say either Budawi or um, Lemina. I think a
2: a word ah, for Crepin Diatta. Yeah.
3: If Crepin Diatta had been fit a little more often, I think he would have been into the argument. Exciting player for Monaco.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But he ha- but he hasn't been. All right, no, let's go with uh, let's go with two uh, let's go with two attacking midfielders. Budawi or Sulamana? Let's go with Hitch and Budawi. Sulamana's is, n-
2: is struggling to get in the team at the moment. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, I can't course. argue yeah. with that. Yeah, I can't argue. Yeah. yeah, absolutely.
1: All right, two forwards. Two forwards. Um, these are the guys so I've So who did noted. we go Bombardier. with, Gay or
2: Lamina? Lamina Fofana? Is that it? Yeah, Lam- in, Lamina. In, yeah, yeah, Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I thought um, would be Gay. Fair enough.
1: Two forwards. Bomba Dieng. Cedric Bakombu, Carl Toko Ikombi, um, Tino Cadoeri, Andy Delor, Abib Diallo, Ignatius Ganago, Steve Mounier, Stefan Bauakon, Lebo Motti, but there's a lot. Mohamed Bayo, Tara Mofi, um, Denny Buanga, Ibrahim Nyan, who I put in, but he's really struggling at the moment. So we won't, we won't go with Ibrahima Nyan. Um, Robbie, do you want to find a good combination here?
2: Okay, combination. Um, well, if we're talking, uh, okay, combination, combination. Uh, Munier and Ganago. Oh, look at you! Wow, there we go.
1: Munier oh. and Ganago. Whoa! <laughs> well,
2: okay. that's a combination. That's one that's fast it's over the ground. One that's great in the air. Ganago. I really like yeah. Ganago. I picked him at the start of the season to be one to one to watch, just because I think he's so unorthodox so unpredictable half the time i don't know if he really knows what he's doing but i think he's so dangerous um I, wow bio mm. bio is good as well. it's,
1: it's a shame it's a shame terra has struggled so much this season because he was so impressive yeah, last yeah, season
2: exactly um but muhammad
1: Moh- bio no yeah muhammad is impressive. Is, yeah it's true i it's think true, true. i just got think munier is
2: there. underrated munier is is underrated because he is so dangerous in the air and not just in terms of scoring goals, but in terms of everything he does for the team. And, and if you're a coach, Mounier gives you so many options and, and does so many different roles for you in that side that for me, he's a... But it's it's not very flashy. I'll I'll, I'll accept that.
1: I'd, I'd <laughs> like to pick Andy Delort, but he's just doesn't... He's just, for me, he's not African. I know he's gone for Algeria and yeah. he's played for Algeria, but, yeah. then, but then he's decided that he didn't want to play for them in the friendlies yeah, exactly and stuff. So, is. I mean, it's... He's struggling. He is African, but I mean, for me.
2: But look, I like I liked, um, Motiba a lot. The the player that wears the shirt tucked into his pants, and it's great to see. Bio, um, Bemba Dyang is not bad. I like. I've always liked Bakambu. The Leon boys are strong. I mean, look, Denny Buanga's a strong, powerful player. If he lacks a little bit of decision making, there are like, a lot. All right, look, can I'm, I? Can I go suggest? For go for I, it. Can I make can I have my, so, so it's not. Yeah. Yeah, oh, like Habib, one second, Habib Angus, Diallo one second, one as well, actually.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say, I'm not <laughs> respecting much of what Robbie has said because for me, it's out of these three. <laughs> Habib Diallo, Mohamed Bayo and Denny Buanga. But Angus, please. Yeah, well, yeah, you've said pretty much
3: what I was going to say, to be quite honest with you. I, I think that um, you can't look past uh, Mohamed Bayo. He scored um, double figures in a team that is um, struggling against relegation. He's a dangerous man. He's a threat. And I think First season we've, uh, in the
2: top flight as well.
3: Yeah, he's, yeah. he's had a spectacular um, introduction to top flight uh, football in France. And I think Habib Diallo is uh, also on the rise as well, along with Strasbourg as a whole. Um, so I, those would be my two. I don't think Donny Boanga yep. is consistent enough. I'm sorry,
1: I just don't think he is. He keeps on disappearing out of games. Um, so I, I'm afraid I'd have to discount him. Good. Yep. Angus agreeing with me pretty much so that Mohamed Bayo and Habib Diallo. so here we go um, this is our starting 11 it's, it's, it's a very impressive 11 actually I have to say um, Alfred Gomez in goal right back Amari Traore left back Jislan Konan uh, centre backs Naif Aged and Yunus Abdul Amid uh, central midfielders Mario Lemina Seko Fofana um, Ichim Boudawi are we playing him on the right then and Moses Simon on the left or yeah. that's tricky
2: yeah, no, yeah. No, that's okay. okay. Yeah.
1: yeah, Simon can cut in on the from, yeah. from the left. Yeah, absolutely. Abib Diallo. Mari Traore can what.
2: overlap. Boudou, he can come inside to help out in midfield. Yeah,
1: great shout. Same with Conan on the other side. That's a good team, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. I like it. That would finish top five. All right, well, yeah, That. that's it. But we're going to finish... African um, coach?
2: Is there an African, African coach? coach. <laughs> You've thrown that one at <laughs> me. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: you're on your own, Robbie. You're on... <laughs>
2: I'm trying to think Alou Cisse but I mean he's the Senegal coach he's ex Paris Saint-Germain who's had a, a Bel- Belmadi I Bel-Mardi think have to as go well. For yeah would be uh yeah but well Senegal are African champions um not been not been many african coaches in in Ligue one let's let's okay. have our, well, you we need our, to have a coach um, team needs to have a coach yeah well so, so safe, be, there we go. Yeah,
3: yeah. nah. he's, a, he's got a strong history in Africa. Yeah, but yeah, we can true.
1: have an African yeah. coach on it. Yeah, but no, lots of African coach. countries have um, French coaches. Yeah, but we, we're going to change that, Angus, because there's no okay. reason <laughs> why they shouldn't have African coaches. <laughs> Bon voyage! It's time to look ahead to round twenty-nine before the international break. Some cracking fixtures. Um, we've got Saint Etienne, Trois. That's not one of the cracking fixtures, but that is the first. <laughs> that, but it's actually a pretty important one down at the bottom. Um, Trois, I didn't mention they got a really good victory at the weekend against Nantes.
2: Now, Canadian um, goalscorer.
1: Yeah. What's his name, Rob? Uh, <laughs> London-born. You can't just say Canadian goals. Uche Uke, Uke or uh, what's? Hang on. We, okay. <laughs> we really should should know the goal scorers uh, before we start the play. It's Ike Ugbo. He's 23. He is on loan from Genk and he scored his second goal for Troyes. Fair play to him. And our American friend um, Palmer Brown was involved in the goal as well. So um, the North Americans doing well for Troyes. Uh, as I was saying, Saint-Etienne-Troyes, that's on Friday night. We've got uh, big games on Sunday in particular. Monaco PSG at one o'clock in the afternoon. Marseille against Nice. Second against third on Sunday night. Uh, time for a bon voyage. Angus to Where would you like to go? Round 29. Well, I think that, uh, as
3: you say, Sunday is really pulling in the, uh, the attention uh, next week. I would like to go and watch Marseille against Nice. Uh, it's a uh, replay of the Coupe de France uh, from a little while back. Uh, nice dominated that game, but Marseille, I think, have uh, come back to form a little bit off the back of that win uh, at the weekend, I think, has set up this Mediterranean derby on a knife edge. I think it will be very, very interesting. And With the whole second place, third place, with Strasbourg and Rennes also in the mix, I think it's uh, it's the
1: place to see what's going to happen with that Champions League chase. Fair enough. That is certainly uh, an exciting fixture, no question about it. And uh, Marseille in, in in springtime is pretty nice as well. Um Rob Rob I was gonna say Robert, but uh Robert. Rob Robby.
2: Um look, you have to if if it's so nice down there in in springtime, Monaco's gotta be a nice place to go as well, doesn't it? Mm. I don't know, I'm, I'm a bit torn to the the, the, the one o'clock kick off Monaco versus Paris Saint Germain. Um could catch both games down there really it's not that far to get to to marseille is it Matt? you know that have to catch well that really is well. actually
1: funny you say that rob a, a lot of people are doing that because it, there's yeah. a big event this weekend we've got all the international broadcasters um well a lot of them coming coming over to visit and we we we're, we're going You're to going to make have a, a gui- make a day of it we well we're having a guided tour um of the Mon- the new monaco training ground on saturday mm-hmm. and then the uh, broadcasters are invited to the Monaco PSG game and I believe a lot of them are then going on to the Marseille-Nice game in the evening. It's, uh, it's quite a day.
2: It's quite that a bon is. voyage. And a nice bit of football as well. Well, I'm I i, I I'm happy to get on that junket, Matt, if you're going to be there. That I sounds like am. lots of fun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, well, I'll see you there, Rob. Um, good luck. Good luck getting those flights out of Australia. But um, I'll be there, whether you're... There or not, Angus Trowed, Robbie Thompson. Thank you for, for joining us this week. It's been it's been a pleasure. We'll see who gets whistled uh, when PSG play play Monaco next Sunday. Maybe it'll be
2: Monaco players getting whistled soon they don't if they don't, <laughs> if they don't uh, turn things around absolutely stick. absolutely.
1: thank you to our listeners for joining they'd us they'd need
2: supporters for that we
1: will be oh Robbie that's a low blow <laughs> we'll be back was, with was, another edition of uh, Le Gorge next week until then have a great week all the best bye-bye. Bye-bye, bye-bye. bye 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 and
2: Messi again this time maybe Messi's done it